0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Tigers on Tap, a Go Tigers 247 audio podcast. Stepping up to the microphone are Trey Lasley and TJ Willis. Join the guys as they talk all things Memphis Tigers and their favorite beer. Turn your volume up, grab your favorite brew, and enjoy the conversation. Now, let's get to the show. Alright, what's up everybody? We're back for episode three, a little hiatus, uh here for Tigers on Tap. TJ, what's up, man?
1: Man, no complaints. Just uh we got hit by COVID uh last couple of weeks. So we are uh coming back. You can hear it in my voice. I am not fully yeah, recovered. You,
0: you sound a little sound a little nasally there, but uh Kenny will work his magic. We'll get you sounding normal. Well, let's hope so. Yeah, we had uh we each we each took our family vacations. We both headed down to the beach for uh, like a week or, or so at different times, and you guys got hit with COVID, so we've, we've been out a couple weeks, but uh, good to be back, man, good to be back. All right, um, it was my turn to pick the beer tonight. So tonight, hold on first, let me get the, uh, there you go. Tonight we're going with uh, the good folks down at Wiseacre Brewing here in Memphis, Tennessee, TJ's gonna be mad at me. He's not a fan of this style, but we're going second banana, the uh, Hefeweizen ale from Wiseacre, an absolute treat. Um, I don't know what happened with first banana, but I'm a big fan with second for sure. We'll uh, we'll sip on this throughout the the episode and uh, give a review at the end, so stick around.
1: Let me go ahead and pop mine here. It sounded good.
0: It's good. So. TJ, a lot has happened. Not so much on the football front, but uh, a lot of basketball news. We'll, we'll start off football-wise. There's not much to touch on, but one thing I'm excited about, you sent it to me almost immediately. We talked about it, uh, I think, in episode two, but finally new freaking turf at Simmons Bank uh, Liberty Stadium. Yeah, it looks nice. It looks like a real field now, right? Yeah. We don't have that washed-out, gray, dirty dingy uh, turf anymore. I'm pretty pumped about that.
1: Yeah, I can't tell you the last time the turf has been replaced. I mean, I'm thinking uh, man, Tommy West. I mean, it, it's been a while. One thing that really stood yeah. out to me uh, was the uh, the Simmons Bank logo. I don't know if you happen to catch that, but it is officially on the field and it is blue. It is not red. So it kind of at least goes with the color scheme. I know a lot of Tiger fans are super picky about using the tiger color scheme on things. So looks good. Yeah,
0: no, I agree. I like the uh I like the blue and, and gray to uh to fit in with the rest of the field. So uh, looks really good. Um but really not much else is going on. I mean we've gotten a couple uh couple guys that have left the team, I think a couple hit the portal. Obviously JP Martin no no longer on the roster. That's kind of a blow I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, did pick up a transfer in Chris Howard from Florida, a kicker, which is uh, a little interesting, I guess, given the circumstances and what happened last year. Not necessarily a bad thing to have two guys that can hopefully kick. I mean, I, don't, I think he appeared in like 15 games over the course of five years, kicked like 82% field goal-wise, made 42 or something PATs. So uh, between him and Kemp, hopefully our kicking game is a complete 180 from last year.
1: Yeah. I think you hit it right on the head. They don't want to get stuck in that same situation that they were in last year where it was, um, you know, having a punter having to uh, get the, get some reps in at kickers. So at least an insurance policy, nonetheless.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I don't know if we, I think this happened after episode two, but um, QB transfer in from Cal, right? After, uh, after Grant hits the portal, sort of another I would say insurance policy there is obviously he'll probably be the uh, second stream backup to to Seth and that sort of enables you to kind of maybe see Tevin in four games but keep his red shirt um, so you're not you're not wasting a year if something happens to Seth and you've got a guy that's that's been in college football for several years played it played out at Cal and um, he's got some experience so
1: yeah, I definitely think that's kind of why he brought him in, right? Is to be that um kind of that stopgap quarterback that we don't have to burn Tevin in case anything weird happens. But yeah, I expect Glover to definitely be QB two going into the season. Well, um
0: not much else for uh for twenty twenty two or the twenty twenty two season, but T J, man, these last uh last couple of weeks in June. Hashtag wild thing 23 has been blowing up on Twitter. Uh, I think coming into June, we had one commit for the 2023 class. And as of today, uh, we've now got 14, I think yeah. so 13 new commits over the last, you know, two weeks or so uh, got them rolling in. It doesn't seem like it's going to be slowing down anytime soon. Uh, I will say it seems like uh very def- defensive heavy a lot of uh defensive guys committing several on the defensive line several defensive backs a couple linebackers um a focus on the offensive line too i would say i think a couple interior offensive linemen that uh have committed so far so it seems like the the priorities are on both sides of the football on the line and then the defensive side um
1: yeah, a lot of these guys providing uh, pretty quick depth, especially at the secondary position. I mean, you're you're pretty thin with safety. With uh, Caleb Komalafe committing today, that's so a really big grab there. Uh, Johnsley Barbas is another safety coming in. Once Quindell is gone, you're really pretty thin back there. So that's, um, that's pretty crucial, I think, that they're able to grab in some uh, – some defensive backs that also kind of have some flexibility that could play other positions as well.
0: Yeah, I, I think the same is true for the defensive line too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, after this season, and you had a couple of transfers out, but after the season, losing John Tate, uh, Ducksworth will be gone, right? Jalen Allen will be gone. Um, so you're going to need to, to, to build some depth there. And obviously, I mean, there's going to be some opportunity for younger guys to come in and and probably make an impact too. So, uh, Uh, I think they know what, yeah, Maurice white. Um, I think obviously the staff knows what they need to be, uh, focusing on and and we're seeing that here, uh, early on. Are you concerned at all? I will say this right now we're ranked, I think a hundredth, in the uh in the nation recruiting wise not i think right now at least on 247 the only commit that has any ranking whatsoever um is caleb black no uh not caleb black is it caleb black carson black sorry yeah the quarterback the black brothers uh carson black quarterback from fort mill south carolina um three-star, I think he's like 57th overall mm-hmm. at the quarterback position, but um, you concerned about that at all? A lot of these unrated guys? No,
1: and there's no reason to be. I, I've seen a lot of people mention that. You have to think. like it, it. Ryan Silverfield has brought the best recruiting classes to the University of Memphis. Ever since he's been there, he's had the best classes the school has ever had. His recruiting should not be any concern. They may not be ranked as of now, But as the season goes along, you'll start to see some numbers trickle in, some three stars added in, and you'll see those numbers climb. You know, I think it's at 102 or 103 right now. You're probably going to end up in the 50 to 60 range, I would imagine, just kind of depending how uh, some other things pan out, at least probably in the 60 to 70, I think kind of at worse, which is kind of a bit of a drop-off. But, you know, that's also not taking into consideration a a bigger, a higher ranked player, essentially just kind of dropping in your lap. So, yeah, it, uh, it
0: seems like we've got a pretty strong foothold here in the Southeast too. I mean, obviously Tennessee home state getting a lot of kids from there. I think right now we've got four uh, Tennessee guys and then a little bit of a surprise to me, I'd say, but a little bit of a pipeline to, to Georgia there. We've got several Georgia guys committed um, and a couple of Mississippi guys. So good to see them hitting the, uh, the Southeast pretty hard. Yeah. That's
1: a silver filled thing. Actually. He, uh, he really likes to recruit Georgia and he's starting to get into some Alabama as well. So I'd be shocked if you didn't see that. They play good.
0: They play good football in those (laughs) States. All right. Anything, uh, anything else TJ, from a recruiting or football standpoint before we, uh, I think the majority of this episode is probably gonna be pretty basketball heavy.
1: Mm, not that I could think of, I, I think for the most part, I think we're gonna go a couple of days without a commitment. I know we don't know what that's like from the football side of things. It feels like every day there's a new commitment, but I think we're gonna, I'm pretty sure we're gonna go a couple of days without somebody committing.
0: Uh, we'll jump over to the basketball side of things. TJ a ton of stuff has happened since we last recorded. Um I mean we got we got new roster we got new coaches um I'll kick it off with with uh Frank Haith being added as an assistant. I will say absolutely love the hire. Yeah. I mean that that matchup zone we've struggled with Tulsa we've seen it Frank Haith, I think is a great coach, long tenured head coach. Um, I think it's a, it's a good addition to the staff for sure. I mean, um, it's a guy that has obviously has experience at the collegiate level, being a head coach, somebody that I think Penny respects um, and, and will be able to provide a lot of benefit, especially on the defensive end of the floor.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's coached hundreds of games, right? I mean, it's uh Probably 300-ish games, I would imagine. I mean, with his time at Miami, he's been at Missouri, and then Tulsa, right? Miami, Missouri, Tulsa. Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. 300 games. Seems like a fair assessment there. And he won Coach of the Year Uh, 2012. He won Coach of the Year. He's been AAC Coach of the Year. So you're coming with tons of experience. It's an incredible hire, and I think everyone was kind of blown away and shocked by uh, Penny's ability to land Haith.
0: Yeah, I mean it it I had heard zero yep. rumblings about it, right? Nothing I mean, it kinda came out of left field for me. Uh quick fact check, he's over five hundred uh, career games at five ninety one winning percentage, three forty three and two thirty seven. So won the uh won the Big Twelve tournament in two thousand twelve. Big oh, and Missouri. Won the, yep, won the AAC regular season in twenty twenty with Tulsa. So that same 2012 year, he was the Big 12 Coach of the Year um, and the AP National Coach of the Year. So you're adding another uh, AP Collegiate National Coach of the Year to your staff. So
1: and um, the inc- the NCAA doesn't like Frank Hayes, so he fits right in. You know, we have Larry Brown. Absolutely, they hate Larry Brown. They you hate do any. They hate Frank Hayes. We're good. You know, it just fits in. So.
0: You mentioned Larry. What, I mean, where the heck is Larry? It's like, where's Waldo? Where the heck's Larry? It's a great question. I mean, his, his contract ended at the end of April, right? It was supposed to be a one-year deal. Is he coming back? What's going on? He's on the golf course. Larry, if you're listening, let us know where you are. We know that you're listening, but what's up? You coming back, my guy?
1: It's not set in stone. I, I will say the last thing I heard was that Larry was going to take the, uh, the specialist role or basically, uh, he is just an advisor to the program. You're going to get um, Frank Heath, Jermaine Johnson will move to an assistant. And then uh, the next man up on who we want to talk about, and that's Faraji Phillips. I think that'll be your, your third assistant there.
0: Yeah. So Faraji just announced uh, the other day. Um, I like the hire with, I like both of those. Um, and if you, if you do get Larry, coming back or not um I think you've rounded out your staff pretty well Uh, I will say I think um I think there's still a little bit of work to do roster wise probably but from a coaching staff um even if you're moving Jermaine and I think what was that last two years ago when Jermaine kind of held that role and Mm -hmm. we saw um an improvement on the defensive side as well I I think he's a good defensive minded coach that that's got some uh some knowledge on that side of the floor and can really help out. So, I mean, I'm excited about where the staff sits right now. Obviously there's still that one sort of open spot, whether that's Larry or Jermaine or whoever it may be. Um, But I'm pretty excited about Frank and and Faraji being added to the staff.
1: Um, Yeah. I like the. You think the Faraji thing is interesting because he's very similar to Penny in the way that they have the, uh, the high school background, the AAU background, uh, both very defensive-minded coaches, um, you know, I don't, I don't know necessarily what Faraji gives you from a recruiting perspective outside of Memphis, which you know that's kind of Penny's land as well. So there's a bit of redundancy there. Uh, but he is a guy who spent three years at Vanderbilt. Um, you know, he was at Whitehaven. I think he won state at Whitehaven. I know he won at Mitchell. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is a guy that he, he has familiarity with the players. He's worked with the Lawsons before and it, with, I think, Team Penny. He's He's been with both P- Team Penny and Team Thad. So, I'm trying to remember back who, uh, which team and which organization he won with the Lawsons. I think it was Team Penny. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, like again, like I said, uh, great additions. Um, we'll see what happens with that third spot, whether you know Larry does come back as an assistant or the specialist role, and then Jermaine slides in. But um, all in all, I'm I'm pretty excited about where the staff sits right now, especially. So I think it was today or yesterday, um, with the IARP. The last hearing has been. Uh, has commenced, so we're just awaiting, I guess, the the verdict there. And if you're one of those that thinks it's something like uh, Penny getting a some sort of suspension, whether it's five, ten games, you've got coaches that uh, have sat in that first seat before and 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 led teams to a lot of victories. So that gives you a little bit of insurance if that's you know something that happens. And yeah, so. Pretty excited about that. I, I will say uh, from a player standpoint, we've gotten three uh, transfer commits since TJ we last talked. Um, I think there's been a couple we were sort of hoping for that uh, didn't end up happening. But all in all, I mean, Penny mentioned it a lot of the last year, but, uh, I mean, he's got his, his veteran team, right? He's, he's filled it out with older, experienced guys. I mean, this is probably going to be one of the Oldest, most experienced teams in college basketball next year. Um, you know, you add uh, Ko from UT Arlington. Um, really excited about him. You know, I obviously didn't know much. I'm not watching a lot of UT Arlington basketball these days. Um, but average, almost five and five, almost seventy percent from the field. He doesn't. You know, looking at Kim Palm, they <laughs> they have him listed as nearly invisible which at 6'9 is, is, I would say, uh, not how somebody would typically describe you. But um, he just didn't get a lot of touches, it seems like, right? He's just like an athletic sort of freak. He reminds you a lot of DJ Steffens, right? A guy that can jump out of the gym. I think there's been videos of him stacking quarters on the top of a backboard. I mean, this is like uh, Michael Wild Thing Wilson type of stuff.
1: (laughs) You know, it's funny. There's been a variance in terms of, his comparison right on who who people see when they look at ko you know you said dj jeff or dj jeffries dj steffens which is super i mean that it makes perfect sense in terms of the athleticism i look at him he is a smaller Musa Cise to me in the sense that he can run the court he's not going to step outside and shoot any threes he's big on making blocks um you know,
0: although you hey, you say not stepping outside and shooting any threes, but my guy shot a hundred percent from three point lane last year. Hey, in twenty nine games, straight. Don't stats. ask me how many he shot, but I'm just telling you from a percentage standpoint, a hundred. Hey, also nearly eighty six percent from the free throw line.
1: That's the one thing that thing stands out the most is the dude gets to the gets to the stripe and and he makes them right. How how many times have we gotten in a situation where? a player gets to the free throw line and you're like, oh, I have zero faith. These are going in. So,
0: yeah, no, well, he makes them not and a, we're Memphis is cursed in some regard. I don't, I don't know what happened. I think it dates back to who knows when the, the nineties, but I mean, shoot D wash mission. It's always free throws with us. I mean, look, Deandre, uh, Deandre Williams was like a 86% free throw shooter at Evansville. And then he comes here and what is he? He's down below 70. He was literally 80% at Evansville. And the last two years, he's been 69.2% and 69.3%. Yeah. We need to check the rims. You put the Memphis Jersey on and yeah, our debt, something's going on. We're cursed. That's how it works. So all that to say KO is 86%, but Memphis fans expect that to drop below seventy five. That's just how things go.
1: Hey, another thing on Ko, the guy doesn't foul that often. I noticed that. I was looking at his stats earlier today. I think he averaged like three fouls per game. Like that's incredible for a big man.
0: Yeah, two two point four and then one point eight his freshman year. Yeah, give me that two point four in thirty minutes. That's pretty good. Yeah, I will say. um, one of the things that excites me about KO and and think something I think we've struggled with at least Penny's teams have struggled with is identity at times and people's roles. Um, I mean, he told Kenny in his interview, he wants to be defensive player of the year and he wants to average double digit rebounds. I mean, when you've got guys that are committing to things like that and understand how important that is in a team aspect and not necessarily somebody that's, looking to get touches and score all the time. I mean, those are vital pieces of the success of a team. So that, that gets me pretty excited of, you know, somebody that wants to come in here and just defend their ass off and yeah, grab man. boards. And, and if he gets a lob from KD every once in a while, then he's, you know, totally happy with it. So that, uh, that got me pretty pumped up.
1: Andy learned about basketball from Troy Bolton. So yeah. You know, shout out to
0: Troy Bolton and High School Musical. <laughs> We're all in this together. Isn't that what that is?
1: I think so. Shout out to Kenny.
0: That's a. how uh kid. Yeah. If if we go to a practice this year and Troy Bolton's high school musical's blasting in the gym, I'm turning in my media pass.
1: <laughs> um,
0: all right, enough with KO. Let's move on to uh to ACOT Emmanuel. Boise State, we've seen him twice the last two years in postseason play. Um, Another guy I'm pretty pumped about, 6'8", 210. Last year, at least, stroking the three. I mean, he averaged 11 points, uh, three boards, three assists, pretty much. Um, Former five-star, spent a couple years at Arizona, and then has been at Boise State. So I think this is kind of like your, well, I mean, what would you say, like your Landers-Lester Uh, replacement
1: yeah he's actually kind of a little bit of both right you know he's the uh, he's the one I'm probably most excited about just you know the fact he's a six-foot-eight shooter he can guard a few positions Um, he's another player that doesn't foul a ton you know just kind of touching that with KO Um, I think it also should be mentioned that he he's always kind of looking to set up someone else for their shot and when you have a guy like uh, Kendrick Davis who's a really good off the off the catch shooter like uh, I mean, he's just mm-hmm. a good shooter in general But he can spot up and he can catch it But you know if a is has the ability to toss it out to Davis Well now it's just a secondary playmaker that you have out there and I, I think that definitely brings a different dimension that you know, we didn't necessarily always have before
0: Yeah, absolutely I mean, and that's that's vital to have guys out on the wing that can knock down shots when you've got somebody like Katie, like you said. Um, interesting enough, fifth year, my guys played in over 100 basketball games at the collegiate level, at a high level too, Arizona, Boise State. Yeah. So there's that experience that uh, we were talking about earlier that Penny was, was looking for. So um, always good to have that. So pretty pumped about uh, about ACOT joining. And then last, uh, most recently... Keontae Kennedy from UTEP, Uh had I think verbally at least in the transfer portal committed to Vandy and then has uh, pulled the old sw- switcheroo a little not quite as uh, dramatic as Andarius Kofi on the football side where he sent in a uh, two commitments national letter of intent to us and Duke but uh, nonetheless uh, a little bit of a surprise there kind of late in the uh, the portal but Average 14 and six at, uh, at UTEP, I think, you know, another guard six five, one eighty five. 185 So another one of those guys on the wing, uh, that, that Katie can, can use. And as, as he's driving the lane, kick out to. I'd like to see his three point percentage a little bit. I mean, he shot 32% from three last, last year, which isn't terrible. He's in, um, in the mid twenties, his first two years, so. Hopefully, that'll bump up closer to maybe 35%, 36% this year. But you got him and ACOT on the wings with Katie at point, DeAndre, and then uh, I don't know. Are you going with, with KO or, or Malcolm as your five? Or are we going to find somebody, some something going to fall in our laps before the start of the season in the five?
1: The disrespect. No Chandler Lawson in the starting five? Well,
0: that's true. But I mean, is he a five? I guess you go uh, small ball. He
1: can, he can be whatever he wants. He's got like a seven nine wingspan. That's true.
0: No, K- I also don't want to count. I don't want to count out uh, count out Jonathan J Law either. I think he could surprise a lot of people.
1: Yeah, no, Jonathan Lawson's very good. I think a lot of people kind of had a bad taste in their mouth with the Lawson's just because of uh, things that happened years and years and years ago with KJ Lawson. and you know, we kind of talked about this as Penny recruited the Lawsons. You know, a while back. I guess it was like this time last year. No, last year. Yeah, mm-hmm. last year. Yeah. And you know, they were like, "Ah, we don't want to deal with the Lawsons. They bring too much drama." No, they don't. It was one kid, one time. You never had a problem with deidre never. You haven't had a problem with Jonathan or or with Chandler since they've been on the court. So it. It's a silly thing that uh, people are just bias against the lawsuits for some strange reason. Yeah. But, uh,
0: I mean, I never, I didn't have a problem with KJ. He didn't flip me off. He flipped tubby off. Yeah. We all
1: flipped tubby off at I one point.
0: I'd, yeah. I'd have been right there with them. Double burden. <laughs> and you come up in here telling us people don't want to come to Memphis. Get the hell out of here. Yeah. Um, anyway, I think Penny's done a good job. I mean, I think I would have, I guess like to have gotten the roster rounded out a little bit sooner. I mean, obviously there's still, I think we still, depending on what ala does um, and a couple of other things we could have up to three scholarships left.
1: It's going to be interesting, right? You know, I think we agreed that it'll be three roster spots. There's also the thought process that Penny will leave a few of them open for a buffer in case that is potentially something that we hear back from with the IRP that, hey, you're going to lose a couple of scholarships or, you know, if Penny's already got three open, then it's kind of a nice little buffer. It doesn't really hurt him at all. So Yeah.
0: What do you uh what do you think about Alo? You think he's coming back last year? It's a great
1: question, man. It's a, it's a bit of a mystery. It's kind of weird that we haven't heard anything about it, right? I mean,
0: I guess it's up to Alo, right? It's his decision. Penny would obviously welcome him back. I mean, I I th- I would be I would be excited for him to come back. Obviously, Kendrick's the starter. I, don't, I mean, Alo is a backup getting 10, 12 minutes a game. I don't hate it at all, especially if he's fully healthy, right? Like, I mean, he makes – obviously, you've, you get some boneheaded plays at times, but, I mean, he makes winning plays. He's made a, a number of winning plays for us. Uh, so, Alo, if you're listening, come on back one more year. Be that, uh, be that floor coach for us.
1: I wouldn't be shocked if Fallo took the grad assistant route as assistant well. Assistant role. Yeah, I could see that.
0: Somebody that's just scrappy in practice as a player coach, but uh, goes more coach for the games. He do a he do a damn good job in that role. Yeah. All right. Anything else, uh, TJ, from the basketball side?
1: Um, we should be good. Oh, NBA draft, man. We got to talk about the Tigers in the draft. Ah,
0: duh. The freaking draft. I almost forgot. Um, yeah, big night. Uh, big night for the Tigs. Two taken and Lester signed. So, Duran drafted. Uh, first round. What was he? Thirteenth to Charlotte. Is that right?
1: Uh, yes. 13.
0: And then, uh, Josh was second round 41st or 42nd, 44th. I think it
1: was 45th. Yeah. 45th.
0: Um, did you see, did you see the, uh, it's not up anymore. I don't think you can find it anymore, but did you see the video of, uh, of Josh after (laughs) the draft? It was,
1: I didn't see it. I, it almost, I heard about it, and uh, it almost
0: looked like a joke, man. I saw it before it got taken down, and it was kind of uh, it was kind of painful to watch for sure. I mean, he didn't say a whole lot. It, you could just tell that he was extremely pissed off. I mean, basically, I, I think he was asked like, you know, how your dreams come true, right? How does it feel to be taken in the NBA draft? And he was essentially like, "I'm angry." You know, I'm coming to kill everybody in the league is what he said verbatim. Yeah. And I think there were probably people that were like, is he legit? I don't know. <laughs> I can't tell. Is this Jason Bourne? Is he literally coming to kill us? Or is that like metaphorically he's coming to destroy us on the court? Yeah. Word,
1: word of advice. Yeah. Never say you're going to go kill someone. It's not going to pan out well. So probably explains why I got deleted pretty quickly.
0: But uh, and then Lester, who would have absolutely loved to come back Uh, for a senior season, but happy for, I mean, two-way with the Warriors. So pretty pumped for, I know that's his, uh, I know that's his, I think his favorite NBA team. So pretty cool to get signed by your, uh, the team you've grown up cheering for.
1: Yeah, especially now that they've finally updated the two-way contract deal. So beforehand it worked out like you had a max of 45 days you could spend in the NBA and that includes games and practices. So it's a max of 45 I think the max money you could have made was, I think it was like 200. It was under 300 for sure. And, uh, you know, now basically you get 50% of the rookie minimal. So that's just right under $500,000. So it's a big, big difference there. So, uh, yeah, he wouldn't get that yeah. I o here. Fair to so, assume that's uh, probably shout, a better deal than his shout out
0: Shout out to Effortless and uh, going to get his for sure. Big fan of Lester, always will be, so hoping he uh, succeeds and, and gets gets out of the two-way and gets a full contract at some point.
1: You know what I just thought about? You know, we, we talked about...
0: That I incorrectly said Jalen was drafted by Charlotte when he was drafted by Detroit.
1: No, you're right. He was he was drafted by the Hornets and then traded to the Knicks. Oh, and then traded to Detroit. Yeah. He's in Detroit. Yeah, right? yeah, he was drafted by Charlotte, traded to you're the right. Knicks yep. with Kemp, and then uh, the Knicks traded Kemba and Durin to Detroit which led me where I was going to say, is there a better landing spot? He just worked with Rashid Wallace and Larry Brown. He's going to be were, the next Sheed. Yeah. Well, she played with the Pistons, Larry Brown coached for the Pistons. So yeah, I think they won a championship.
0: Hey, they, yeah, they worked their, uh, their magic behind the scenes.
1: Yeah. I, and I think it's going to be a hell of a place to land for Durant. I mean, that's, uh, Detroit's up and coming, man. the cade is great. They're building great things around him. Duran's obviously extremely good, even though it's pretty young. He can be a good pick and roll man. Well, the roll side of the pick and roll man. And uh yeah, I think they could do something special. Plus they have some cap space there. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I'm I'm excited to uh to watch Jalen in the league and uh and follow his career. Um, While we're talking about the draft stuff, did you see the stat that is out there? We're only five schools, TJ, had multiple selections in both the NFL and the NBA draft. And folks, your University of Memphis Tigers are one of those five. That's pretty legit.
1: Yeah, go ahead and say the total five schools because I mean it's pretty good company, I would say.
0: Yeah, it was uh, us, Baylor, Oklahoma. What's that three? Yep. Um,
1: Michigan was one of was them. Michigan, yeah, Michigan was one of them.
0: And then the last one was. I can't remember. It doesn't Kentucky. even matter all that mattered. Kentucky. But, yep, Kentucky. But, yeah, I mean, that's great company right there. You got the Big 12, the SEC, the Big 10.
1: It was definitely the – uh, P6, baby. Yeah, it was definitely the only team from the AAC. So, suck it, Houston.
0: Not just the AAC, the only team from the G5.
1: Um. Speaking of
0: the G five and the AAC, and I meant to mention this in the recruiting discussion, but I just happened to be looking at the recruiting rankings for twenty three because hashtag Wild Thing twenty three has been blown up. Did you know that Cincinnati is not just top twenty five in recruiting rankings right now; they are top five in the country with their current recruiting class for 2023.
1: That's pretty ridiculous. I know they're doing really well. They have a couple four-stars that are kind of carrying a lot of the weight there, but uh, still, nonetheless, I think if anything, that shows you what the uh, the power of, of being in a big-time program can do or a big-time uh, conference can help you out with there.
0: Yeah, I, and I don't – I mean, obviously, I think, yeah, that helps. We're a couple years away from that, but, I mean, I would say the – Bigger factor in that is them actually getting a shot in the playoff, right? Yeah. I mean, that's a huge sell to kids is you you aren't just like throwing out the, uh, the fantasy or idea of them making the college football playoff. You can point to cold, hard facts and say, we were there. We played in the college football playoff. It is possible. So I'm not going to lie. I freaking hate Cincinnati, everything about them. But I'm, I'm pretty jealous of uh, that top five, and then being able to, to experience the college football playoff. I would love nothing more than, uh, the Memphis to make the college football
1: playoff someday. I don't know, man. I, uh, I obviously right the college football playoff. The Cotton Bowl yes. was
0: just such a small taste, and I loved every second <laughs> of it. I can only, I would, I'm fairly certain that I would probably, uh, tear up if I walked into the college football playoff and the university of Memphis was playing. Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, all right. Some final news to wrap us up. Uh, the Tiggs, diamond Tiggs. uh, hired a new coach about time. We, uh, got some fresh blood over there at FedEx park, but, uh, University of Memphis hiring hiring Carrick Jackson as the new baseball coach. Um, Everybody seems pretty excited about him. He, I think he was the president of the MLB draft league, which I was looking this up earlier. It sounds like it's a league now that the MLB draft is in July. It's a league that after like college seasons and stuff in that uh, prospects can play in to continue to showcase their talent against other, you know, potential draftees. So, Pretty cool. Um, He was the president of that, and he's on the board of the American Baseball Coaches Association. So um, a lot of, I mean, he seems pretty exciting. He's well-known, I think, in the baseball community. He's already gotten um, a couple SEC transfers to commit that we'll be adding. So uh, hopefully Diamond Tigs are uh, on the up and up.
1: Yeah, for sure. And that's one thing, you know, we've kind of joked around talking about tiger baseball every now and then and just, you know, hats off to rock. Uh, you know, he had some good years here. He's been here forever. Uh, thankfully he has gone. Now. I don't know what you're defining. I, dude, I'm dude, i trying to be nice but... to the guy was here forever. Get the hell out of here. I'm so glad he's gone. It's ridiculous. You've you had so much local talent here for baseball and it, you could never retain any of it. It's ridiculous. And, uh, so yeah, with that with that, with that said fire you up, TJ. with that said, good for uh Kirk Jackson. The dude is here for a week and picks up transfers from Georgia, Mississippi State, and the damn national champions Ole Miss. So what's up? Give me Carrick Jackson all day.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um I mean I probably and my wife would agree I don't need another Tiger sport to be invested in and follow. But uh <laughs> If he turns that around, you can guarantee I will be out there at, uh,
1: FedEx field, South campus it called?
0: cheering on the, uh, yeah. FedEx field, I think, or FedEx park,
1: FedEx park. But yeah,
0: if he turns that around, I will, I will be out there cheering on the diamond tigs for sure. Hell oh, yeah. All right, TJ, I think that'll about wrap it up for, uh, episode three. As always, we got to, uh, Got to finish it off with uh, with our beer review. So I'm a huge Hefeweizen fan. I think they're incredible summer beers. Um, fun fact, second banana. Obviously, most Hefeweizens, if you've had them, they're going to have a pretty uh, strong banana aroma and taste. That's just a part of the, uh, it's a natural part of the fermenting process. There's no actual banana Uh, In the in the brew at all, but that's pretty cool. Um, Interesting fact about this particular second banana from Wiseacre, it is a uh, it's a living project that for the last six years, uh, Fabian Beller, the uh, Diplo brewmaster over there at Wiseacre, who's created this, is constantly tweaking and hoping to one day produce the best ever Hefeweizen and I'm going to tell you what Fabian you're well on your way sir also Diplo Brewmaster is one of the coolest titles I've ever heard
1: yeah so what does that mean exactly go ahead and explain that if you know I'd, I have no idea I,
0: I, it has there's German up in there <laughs> but I think uh I don't know TJ you tell me
1: so to to be the Diplo Brewmaster basically you have to go to Germany and take a class there. It's the only place you can do it. It's like a, a very specific. Um, it's probably
0: online now. You know, COVID. It's probably an online class.
1: <laughs> it's it's you can only get it there. So that's pretty cool that that Wise Acres kind of flying people over to Germany to take this class and and learn specifically about this banana beer and how to make it. As Trey touched on earlier, I do not like Hefeweizens. I think that it's the
0: you're insane. Banana
1: flavor is disgusting. Uh, this one actually isn't that bad. I'm not like getting hit in the face with a straight up banana. So it's, it's really not bad. The,
0: the It gets less, banana. it's really the first you pop it open first sip and smells are going to be very banana. And then it's just a very good crisp. I mean, it's a great summer beer beer. I mean, this is probably going to be one of my, uh, my higher ratings. I'm a huge fan of the second banana. Um, it's a hot summer evening and I mean this is hitting the spot. I'm going I mean this is like a 8.1 for me. I mean I could I could just keep drinking these second bananas, a third banana, a fourth banana, a fifth banana. I'm rolling in to a UCF or Houston game on Friday night and I'm on 12th banana. <laughs> that's how good these are.
1: That's pretty that's pretty bold. I'm going to say it's not bad. It's probably one of the better half of I've ever had. That means it's probably a six, seven at best just because of the, uh, I'll take it. I, I know how
0: much you hate them. So six, seven for you for a half is pretty good.
1: Yeah. I do recommend everyone so, try it. Hey,
0: Fabian, I think you're doing good work, my man. Keep it up. Let us know when the, uh, when the recipe is no longer living and you, you yourself think you've perfected it, but here on Tigers on Tap, we think you've already perfected it. So good, sir. We thank you. All right, any final uh any final words, TJ?
1: Uh nothing from me. Go Tigers. Wild Things 23 crushing it. Looking forward to uh sending out all the freaking another one. Another one. Yeah,
0: dude, you're running you're another running out one. of those. I
1: really am. I need I need more DJ Call. Jeff, so we will
0: we'll only have like what 25 to the class so you've only got like 10 more to do another one
1: thank you for listening to tigers on tap if you enjoyed this episode please leave a rating and a comment
0: wherever you listen to your podcast if you're interested in content all about the university of memphis tiger athletic program hop over to www.gotigers247.com new articles are published daily and you can join the go tigers 247 family
1: by signing up for vip